Okay, so th hopefully it's, this will be, this is like a, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to say important for the USC because so far what we've seen, one championship now, I uh, haven't heard of too many cancellations at one championship or even Bellator, but, you know, UFC has been riddled with cancellations. So hopefully we'll get an entire fight card. Uh, everyone looks like everyone made weigh-ins. Everyone checked out as far as COVID goes. Well, a lot of there was a lot of cancellations and a lot of uh, spots filled in for this card, just like all the others. But hopefully we get all 13 fights because we have to remember that we used to have as many as 14 fights. You know, so this is you know, hopefully this goes the way that it should, and we actually get prelims at 5 p.m., not 7 p.m. And uh, yeah, yeah, you know, we have actual early pre prelims. You know, we uh, it was so bad to the point where, uh, you know, it was just prelims and one main event. Then it went, we lost so many fights. There's just one big long main event. <laughs> you know, it's crazy, 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 crazy. All right, so let's get right into this. First off, starting off the prelims, we have hopefully a banger here with Bruno Silva, 10, 4, and 2 with one no contest, coming off of a decision victory over David Vorak. Bulldog, 30 years old, 5 foot 4, 66 inch reach from Sao Paulo, Brazil, currently on a two-fight losing streak, one and three in the UFC, not looking good for, for Mr. Silver here, four finishes via strikes, three by submission, four victories by decision, uh, he is the, he is a plus 330, huge underdog in this matchup, we have, he's going up against Tiger Unlan Bekoff, Five foot seven, so yeah. <laughs> Five foot seven and flyweight, you know, for uh yeah, for this matchup here, that's uh with a seventy inch reach. Okay, here he is a flyweight, five foot seven, same reach as Paulo Costa. <laughs> yep, putting salt on that wound. I'm putting salt on that wound, man. Oh my god. Out of uh oh man, out of Dakistan, Russia. And I tell you what, I've never seen I can't remember a time where a country would just strike fear into so many people. You know, you say Dakistan now, and it's like, well, whoever that person is, well, whoever they fighting is going to lose that fight. You know, so I, I've never seen, I mean, but just a lot of talent coming out of that region, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot I can say about the subject, you know, but I'm, I'm going to leave it alone right now and continue the breakdown. But, you know, it's, it's, yes, a lot of regions and it's a lot of fires coming out of certain regions. But is it that certain areas like the United States are just so lazy and complacent that they're not, you know, a lot of, I know a lot of people be like, no, no, man, what you talking about? Man? I don't know. I don't know. We, we, we're having Americans struggling to stay consistent. You know, with the exception of a few in uh, MMA. You know, and again, that's, they're going up against tough competition. But, I mean, come on. This place gives birth to an undefeated champion. 
So, I mean, and Israel isn't an American. So, uh, been a pro since uh, 2013, uh, making his UFC debut currently on a three fight, of course, a three fight win streak, right? His only loss to uh, uh, Zal Glass. Zalgalas, Zahalgalas, uh, Zuma Gulov, Zuma Gulov, let me make sure I pronounce his name correctly, uh, now you remember him, he, uh, last time you saw him, he was making his UFC debut, and of course, uh, Tagir is teammate of, who I was referring to, Habib Namakamadov, but however, the thing is, we did see another teammate of uh, the undefeated champ, Zabara Tokugov, you know, just perform absolutely poorly in uh, the later rounds against uh, Hakeem Dewandu. He just didn't want any parts of that anymore. Uh, you know, I just think that, um, you know, it's crazy, but when you... When you have, what we see, what I believe that what we're seeing is that when you see fighters, you know, if you look at uh, Israel, if you look at Holly Holm, what do they have in common? A, um, an amazing gas tank. You know, and I think with Hakeem, same thing. You know, he had the gas tank going, and when you combine that with an intense style, it, it it's just fighters down. Especially, and the thing about grapplers, you know, that that. It doesn't work in the first round. It doesn't work in the second round. And you're dealing with someone with a gas tank. And they just keep going. And you're trying to figure out, well, what do I do now? Because you're starting to gas. You know, it's, it's, or, you know, and again, the fighter's figuring, has the opponent figured out. Like with Holly versus uh, Irene. You know, just had to figure out from the very beginning. You know, it wasn't much, I hate to be harsh, but it wasn't much to figure out. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, that was, that was a tough one. But, um yeah, you know, I think that's, you know, maybe that's part of it, you know what I mean? Uh, Tagir has uh, one finish via strikes, seven by submissions, of course, four by decision, right? Minus 455, 12 and one overall. So hopefully, well, I want to say hopefully, but uh, yeah, Mr. Silva needs a upset here. Well, so I pretty much think he's going to lose his job over at the UFC. And uh, next up, I mean, <laughs> oh boy, yes, 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 we have Tracy Cortez. <laughs> Man, listen, you know, uh, still wasn't all enthusiastic about doing a doing any kind of sports during a freaking pandemic, as and as we've seen. It has been rough, okay, it has been rough goings on, you know, um, we see some, I mean, again, I don't even know, like, uh, speaking of Aldana, you know, she had COVID, so don't even know if she fully recovered, again, I think it was a bad matchup, no matter what, but no, don't know if she fully recovered, but yeah, it has, that's another reason why I hope this whole entire fight card just goes on without any issues oh my god one so we can get full get our money's worth one so we can get our money's worth and then two more importantly uh we can get you know uh you know 13 we got 13 fights okay 26 fighters and you know hopefully you know they can 
fight and not have to worry about this damn virus. But uh, as much as I, you know, I'm not wasn't all enthusiastic about the UFC doing fights this year. Um, man, I've gotten to see all my ladies. Gotten to see all my ladies: Antonina Shevchenko, Angela Hill. Okay, uh, even our even Irene Lipsky, Ariane Lipsky. Who? Um, oh my goodness, coming off of a uh, vicious submission victory here. We're not coming off, but you know, had a uh, submission victory uh, that everyone talked about because so many people were just ready to. I know a lot of folks is ready to bash her, or just, or we're going to be dumb enough to say that oh, she's just a pretty face. That's why I'm glad she came with the violence. Tracy Cortez, uh, I don't like her chances in this matchup here. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be good to see uh, that pretty face. But, uh, yeah, I don't like her chances here in this matchup. Stephanie Edgar, uh, 32 years old, featherweight. So we'll see what happens with the weight cut. She came in at a very good weight for this matchup. Um, at 1.35, I think she's 135.5 at the weigh-ins. So, uh, you know, I like that. You know, I like that she's coming in. Um, at a good way coming down from featherweight. So I, I, I assume they're meeting halfway, but the only thing I didn't understand was Tracy Cortez. Now, granted, she only said two pounds uh, that she had to, you know, remaining to be cut. So maybe she's just cutting, you know, a few pounds, you know, 138 or something like that, getting down to 136. Because what my thought process was, you know, instead of, I mean, it seems kind of big for someone her height, uh, Stephanie, I mean, uh, Tracy, but uh, maybe, I was just thinking, like, well, how much weight is she cutting? Why don't she just fight at featherweight? It's not like it's going to really matter later on. Uh, so, uh, you know, I don't know a lot of fighters, they want to look I'm either in the division, certain division, and they want to stay in that division. But look, got to do what you got to do. You know, and come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, let's get back to Stephanie. Um, five foot eight. Yeah, born in Switzerland uh, on a uh, three-fight win streak as a uh, pro her loss to gabby garcia was an exhibition was that was at uh, adc uh, world championship um which stephanie is a former adcc european champion and judo black belt uh during this time during that time uh when she was grappling she faced uh julia storyanko my girl from over at Invicta. Well, our girl from over at Invicta. Yeah. So uh, after uh, her loss to Alexa Connors, a lot of fighters, a lot of fights were canceled. So that's why you haven't really seen her. Um, she has a victory over Myra Borella, Ra Myra Romero Borella. Uh, and as early as her second fight. And I know a lot of people are like, well, come on, man. <laughs> I know, I know. But still, okay, it's not like she hasn't fought any, it's not, it's not like she hasn't fought no one, okay? And I know, I know y'all like, wait, Gabby Garcia. Listen, listen, okay. She did well. She lost, but she still did well, okay? Now, and, and look, I, I get it. Like, <laughs> I get it. She, listen, Gabby is strong as hell, 
Okay, she's bigger than most of us out here. She's 6'2", 200 pounds, all muscle. And a lot of people say, well, and we're not talking about man versus woman, but we're talking about someone who, I mean, this is a strong human being, okay? So I don't think it's necessarily, you know, as we've seen her in, in Mayfay, not, <laughs> you know, you talk about training wasted on a human being, but look, uh, you know, we're talking about grappling. Imagine someone that's strong putting holds on you. Like, that's a whole different ball game. Not the same as an MMA fight where, as we've seen, sometimes if you don't have speed, I mean, cardio isn't bad enough. But if sometimes if you don't have speed, you're lost. And, um, and we see that with a lot of these champions is that they have speed. And you're out there doing it all slow nonsense. I mean, hey, but grappling is a whole different ball game. So, yes, yeah, definitely, you know, to be able to hang with uh, Gabby Garcia, even though she eventually lost, still, I mean, I think that's a... a that's a big deal. That's not something to, you know, she's not a slouch. That's what I'm trying to say. Now, with Tracy Cortez, five foot five, you know, I have, uh, you know, I'm concerned. Very, very concerned. Because that's a huge height and reach difference. Okay, and power difference. And Tracy Cortez, you know, her brother Jose, who died from germ cell cancer, good friends with Henry and uh, Angel Cejudo. So, I mean, hey, have that, have that, a person like that as a uh, friend and mentor, I mean, hey, so, you know, we see her with her grappling. Uh, most of her victories have been by decision, one finish via strikes, one by decision, currently on a six-fight, one streak, was scheduled to face Bia Malecki, who I definitely didn't, uh, <laughs> I certainly did not like her chances against Bia Malecki. Now, the thing about it is, I wonder, because with that matchup, because it's kind of, because we saw what happened with Bia Malecki when she went up against another grappler, a higher level grappler, like uh, Veronica Macedo is a higher level grappler than, she's on Stephanie's level in terms of grappling, much higher than Tracy Cortez, but in that matchup, you, you would think that Veronica would take Bia down. Instead, she tried to, she was, uh, it was just like, damn, grappling she just went on and was trying to just strike really just and I mean you talk about biting down on that mouthpiece that's what she was doing so I wonder if Tracy's going to have the same strategy going in because she will be the better striker I mean I know her striking isn't all that fantastic you know five foot five 67 inch free so not a bad difference there 26 years old um yeah you know, but um, she made her, uh, Trace Cortez made her bantamweight debut in her previous fight. So, and that was against uh, Vanessa Mello. Y'all remember Vanessa Mello? We watched her over the summertime. Uh, Tracy is a minus 260 in this matchup uh, with B, uh, with uh, Stephanie being a plus 220. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I don't like uh don't like really like Tracy's chances in this match. I don't like it against BM Lucky if she eventually fights her, and I don't like it in this matchup here. I don't favor her at all. So if I was going to have an underdog pick, oh yeah, I didn't make my pick. Oh, of course, <laughs> for the for our start of the main uh, prelims, early prelims, of course, I have the gentleman out of Dakistan. I mean, how can you not at this point, right? 
I actually think I have I'm gonna have Stephanie down as my first underdog pick. I really don't like Tracy's. I could be dead wrong. Tracy may go out and strike. You know what I mean? No grappling at all. But again, this is a big woman she's going up against. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Now, now, I mean, man, listen, listen, listen. Again, you know, we had some messed up situations during this year, COVID and all that kind of stuff. But, man, we have gotten, well, I know I've gotten some gems, okay? Gotten some gems in terms of fighting. And next up, oh, my God, Giga Chakatse going up against Omar Morales. Oh, 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 man, I'm still, I'm still praying. I'm still praying to, to the MMA guys, the living tribunal and Oprah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to send a little uh, prayer to Satan also, like covering every base, covering every single base. Yeah. Never a dull moment with the Georgian kickboxing glory star who is currently on a five fight win streak bouncing back after uh his contender series loss uh coming off of that decision victory over Irvin Riviera in May three decision wins total for this uh kickboxer Muay Thai practitioner 22 knockouts as a kickboxer six finishes via strikes as a mixed martial artist one victory via submission uh one loss by submission and one loss by decision. Giga started his uh, combat training as a child, 32 years old, 6 feet tall, 74 inch reach. He came in at the featherweight limit. The Ninja is a plus 130 underdog in this matchup. Omar Antonio Morales Fiera. 5'11", reach virtually identical, out of hard knocks, 365, currently undefeated, three-fight, one streak in the UFC, two finishes via strikes, five victories by submission, three by decision, came in at 145.5, minus 160. Now, this is if, if Omar can get Chikatse to the ground, okay, a big if, otherwise... He's going to get lit up like a Christmas tree. Okay, I can't wait for this matchup. This would be a big learning lesson for both gentlemen here. If Omar get, does get lit up like a Christmas tree, he learns that, look, man, he's not a bad striker. He's not a bad striker at all, but he's not Giga Chikatse. And Giga will learn that, look, man, you know, that's, you already got the striking down packed. It's time to get this grappling straight, bro. You're in mixed martial arts. It's not you're not in glory anymore. When it comes to tournaments, he fought in a tournament, kickboxing tournament. So he is the example. I've been I've been, oh my god, waiting for this dude to come back because his that's the name right there. Because people were talking about basically tournaments. Um, let's not talk about uh like, uh Mark Holman, the Mark Holman situation with Big John McCarthy. He was crediting him. He was like, well look, man, you beat three guys in one night, so. You know, credit to you, prop yourself up. And a lot of people was like, well, let's not talk about that back in the day stuff. And it's like, what back in the day stuff? <laughs> he fought Shogun. Same Shogun who fought John Jones. How do we, how are we dismissing 
something just because you haven't seen it today. Giga Chikatse is proof that no, there's still tournaments going on. Now, grant that's at Glory, not UFC, but come on, that makes no sense. To cut off or to ignore the accomplishments of Mark Coleman would be to ignore Shogun, who is still fighting, by the way. I hope he retires soon, but he's still fighting, by the way. And it also will mess with everyone wants to, you know, give John Jones credit for everything. He's and he's still fighting also. So that's why that's why I think that trying to get rid of legacy or or because some kid didn't watch it or they're too lazy to look it up. Oh, let's not include that. Let's let's ignore that. Screw you. <laughs> Screw you. You're a lazy bum. Okay, you're a lazy, filthy casual. All right. That, that's the end. Of, <laughs> I want to end the <laughs> the breakdown with uh, with that. But you know, I can't. Oh man. But okay, I digress. <laughs> we'll go to a break, and uh, that's the end of the early prelims, and we're gonna get on to the prelims. All right, so uh, I'm back and starting out uh, the prelims. Now, of course, it's 6 p.m., 3 p.m., 11 p.m. Um, times. And remember, so you're going to probably have to have your, you know, the multiple screens up again because we have Bellator also. Okay, don't. So I'm pretty sure. Hopefully, hopefully, we'll get one more last prelim from Bellator on YouTube. Okay, but uh, yeah. Next up, we have at bantamweight Al Al Kazi. The Royal Fighter, age 30, 5'6", according to Tapology, anyway. 5'6", um, 38-inch reach, coming off of that split decision loss to Erwin Rivera. Yeah. Uh, in August, making a quick turnaround, he was uh, on a five-fight win streak prior to his UFC debut loss. Three of those victories were by submission, one finish via strikes, Four submission wins total, three victories by decision, eight and four overall, weighed in at the bantamweight limit. He is a plus 180 underdog. We have Anthony Kelly, also coming off a loss in August by unanimous decision against Kaya Kamaka at uh, UFC 252, 3-2 two in his last five. His last fight was his UFC debut, two finishes via strikes, three by the submission, one victory by decision, 33 years old, prime times, 5'9", 70-inch reach, came in at the bantamweight limit, minus 225, and I believe that the favorite will get it done again. Well, well, he'll get it done. Not he'll get it done again. <laughs> Just he'll get it done. And we have next up Impa Kansagaya. Kansagaya, 26 years old, five foot eleven, from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. You guys all know him. Still undefeated, making uh, one quick turnaround after another. He went through four fight cancellations with three different fighters uh, since his contender series debut two fights in august four and one as an amateur most of his wins have come by way of decision two finishes by submission he has a 73 inch reach weighed in at 185.5 pounds he is a minus 250 favorite 
Joaquin Buckley, 26 years old, 5 foot 10, 73 inch reach, as we can see there, pretty much virtually identical. New Monsa is coming off of that loss to Kevin Holland. His second KO loss in his career. Three and two in his last five from Bellator to LFA to the UFC. So we'll see how this goes. You know, people have been asking, you know, that came up sometime before somewhere. It's like, you know, how many people, you know, how many fighters have been able to, um, you know, come from Bell. Usually it's go, go from the UFC to Bellator. Nowadays it's LFA to UFC to Bellator. So we'll see if this gentleman will, uh, you know, do something that we haven't seen too much, and that is go from those promotions to the UFC and possibly finish out his career there, but he's up against a tough opponent here. He has seven finishes via strikes, three victories by decision. His third loss came by way of a unanimous decision in his last fight at Bellator uh, against Logan Storley. Weighed in at 185.5 pounds, basically virtually as identical as well, plus 200 underdog in this matchup. But we'll see how it goes. I mean, as we saw, Empo will uh, definitely try to stand and bang, and he's going up against someone who has experience in that department. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. You know, I, I'm worried. You know, we've seen people that get on that win streak, and then all of a sudden, especially coming into the UFC, and he kind of get the rail. We'll, we'll see what happens. I think this is a huge fight for him to be to you know go through the contender series. It just makes a good example for that series because we've seen a lot of times it just hasn't pan out too well with Dana White thinking that you know us you know all these different fighters have to go make their way in. Now some like uh, Joff Neal, you know, have been outstanding. So well, you know. I mean, if I'm still iffy on a series, you know, I think a lot of these fighters, I just don't think need to go through that series to kind of, uh, and what's one fight supposed that's fight math. Oh yeah. This one fight means that you are able, you're ready for the UFC. No, it doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. And then you let a boxer with only one fight in her career move on when she was getting teed off on via strikes, by the way. Yeah. Nah. That's supposed to be an indicator. Well, in Featherweight, who knows? She might become champion. But come on now. Generally speaking, that's that's absurd. That's Bellator-ish right there. I will admit, though. I know I sound like a, a bitter old man, right? I will admit, though. I do miss the Tuesday night fights. I mean, man. It was... We had Sunday, particularly with Chel Sonnen's Sug Series and his WUG Series. Um... His wrestling on the ground. Just, I love it. I can't believe, man. Because you talk about someone who I hated. Hated Chael Sonnen. But, man, he really put together that Sug series. I love it to death. The wrestling series is fantastic. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how how that goes. But, yeah, we had we had Sunday. Then we had Tuesday. Then we had uh, some Wednesday fights. But usually, you know, like Cage Warriors. But usually it was Thursday, and then at one point in time we had Thursday with Invicta, then Bellator. Well, that morning, Friday, one championship, then Bellator sometimes, or sometimes we had one championship, and then Bellator UFC on Saturday. So, yeah, it, it's, whoo, whoo, because before it was, when everything was fine, you know, Invicta was Friday, and then one time it was 
Invicta and Bellator. So yeah, it was a tough run on it. Um, I mean, one time, what was it? One championship, then Invicta, then along with Bellator, and then you had uh, boxing and UFC on Saturday. So yeah, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, but yeah, middleweight battle. So look, middleweight. Just before I forget, I mean, listen. Hamzat wants some people to fight. I mean, here you go right here. I mean, for him to think that he's supposed to fight some top contenders, he's, I don't know where his mind is at. Like, no, bro, you don't get no ranked fighter. No, 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 no. Um, and it's a shame that money has to come up because a lot of people are like, yeah, you know, that's the problem with saying that. Um, I mean, you want, sure, the fighter should get, to me, the, the money should be spread out more evenly. Fighters shouldn't, you know, top fighters are getting top pay. To me, they shouldn't get more. It should be spread out more evenly to me. And um, so that, that to me, if I was going to rally for something, that would be the rallying cry, that it gets spread out more evenly and you don't have fighters coming in here on these cars like this making chump change. You know, that's to me, that's how I would be more focused on the up-and-coming fighters, not the fighters who, especially those who already fought for a title. Listen, man, you already fought for the title and couldn't get it done. I, I, I'm, nah, we don't got nothing else to talk about. You made it to the promised land and couldn't get it done. I'm supposed to keep talking to you after that? Nah, I'm sorry. I know it's harsh and a lot of people disagree because they want to see rematch after. I'm not down with all that. I want to keep that thing moving. You know, I want to see, no, do the rematch after I watch the champion go up again, especially if they're in the division with a bunch of, with a wide variety of competition I want to see that one fighter you know go up against that grappler see how they do go up against that striker who can grapple you know that grappler who can strike that a uh, wrestler you know what I mean I want to see them wide variety like Valentina Shevchenko I want to see a wide variety of competition she doesn't have a lot of competition there but you know like uh, Jean Weili to me once they sort out the top portion of straw weight because you know we got Nina don't know what's going on with her when in the world is Tatiana going to come back? You know, you want to, to me, is clogging up the system there. Get some of them sorted out and out of there possibly. And then she'll have a wide variety of women to go up against. You know, I want to see that. I want to see a different, you know, we need a champion because you can't brag about, like, say, John Jones' resume because it is a variety of different fights. He did eventually end up in rematches and I see why he moved up or wants to change divisions because he is it's too many rematches that are lined up for him except for the Jan fight you know but other than that you know I can understand like nah I'm, I'm good but that to me what makes his resume impressive is that it is a long list of different fighters you know different styles that he matched up against we need that for the other champions, you know what I mean? So, uh, but yeah, if, if, you know, we have middleweight, two middleweight, middleweight contenders here for uh, Hamza and then, of course, uh, welterweight. Eh, I don't know about welterweight, but middleweight, it's, it's a lot of fighters for him. I mean, we got Tom Breeze on here also. You know, I mean, there's, there's fighters that he can go up against if they can make that quick turnaround and not get injured in these matchups too uh, harshly. Next up, co-main for the prelims is a heavyweight battle that, you know, usually I'm very high, I'm highly critical of heavyweight. 
the audacity, the nerve. Because a lot of people say, no, heavyweight's okay. No, 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 no. You're remembering one fight from heavyweight. No, 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 no. You're remembering Francis Nagano knocking out everybody. You're, you're romanticizing Curtis Blades wrestling, which is great, but pretty useless because he can't beat Francis, right? And he's not going to beat the champion who also has wrestling. But I'm not going, that's not, it's not for me to trash him. Y'all remembering Steve Bay and Francis. No, 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 no. That division, listen, heavyweight nowadays is horrible. To criticize flyweight, whether it's male or female, it's, it's ridiculous. No, heavyweight has been struggling. Okay, it is a struggle fest of guys with no cardio at all just giving us this thing fest. There's too many heavyweight fights on this card right here but they're not actually that bad you know i'm not looking forward to that ben rothwell fight but you know uh, aspinall uh Boudou, we have uh right here nascimento versus philly baby chris Dawkins. this should these heavyweight fights except for that uh third on that main event <laughs> these other two heavyweight fights should be lights out it should be very good philly baby Brother of Kyle Dawkins, y'all remember him, who had a, a competitive debut against uh, the huge, huge favorite. I think it was like a minus 400, minus 500, something crazy like that. Uh, Brendan Allen. And for good reason. I mean, Brendan Allen has been on the tear. There's another fighter. Hey, there we go right there. There's another one, another guy in middleweight. Uh, that's definitely a good test for anyone. Chris is coming off of that devastating finish of Parker Porter. Uh, making his UFC debut in style, as the count would say, fighting out of Martinez, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, 4-1 in his last five. This Philly police officer dropped from 265, 265 pounds, the heavyweight limit, to 227 pounds in basically eight weeks. Boy, oh my God, inspirational. Okay, he is inspirational. And proves, like, no one has any excuse, man. He'll need that lighter and faster uh, speed. He'll need to be lighter and faster against Nascimento. He is a plus 215 underdog. Now, although the uh, brothers come from a jiu-jitsu background, Chris um, prefers to stand and strike with seven finishes via strikes, one submission, and one decision. Uh, one loss by submission. His other loss losses are by KO, 9-3 overall. Rodrigo Nascimento Fierra, 6'2", 80-inch reach, 27 years old. Zay Comija is undefeated. Out of the out of American top team contender series alumni coming off of that RNC victory over Dante Mays back in May, two finishes via strike, six by submissions. Obviously, come coming in at the weight limit when uh, with an with the irony is that his weight limit is his betting line, which is 265 favorite. Uh, now I don't I can't confirm whether or not he's a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I just think that that's important in this matchup because uh, he'll definitely want to probably go to the ground. 
uh, against Darkus, and I believe that Darkus dropped. I think he probably just dropped, dropped away because, you know, there are a few heavyweights that have been dropping from that 265. I just think that that's pushing it. You know, it's one thing if you're six foot five. Okay, cool. You know, six four, six five, sure. But you know, I, I just think it's pushing it. You know, that's a lot of weight to try and move around. And, and I, I always applaud heavyweights, especially in this situation. Two twenty, perfect. John Jones. 220, 227, 230. No reason why. Yeah, sorry about that. What the hell was that? <laughs> the tech, man. I got too much tech surrounding me. Too much tech. Okay. So <laughs> let's get back into this. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, I got to watch it with this tech, man. Oh, so <laughs> uh, finally, finally. Um, are to uh, close out the prelims we have tom breeze going i say breeze i think it's breezy but uh, i'm gonna say breeze like cal Dawkins, breeze is also has also lost to brendan allen his only tko loss six foot three 29 years old uh 73.5 inch reach three three and two in his last five four and two in the ufc four finishes via strikes four finishes via submission one victory loss by a decision black belt and Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighting out of birmingham england he uh, stayed active on the grappling so well, i want to say active i mean three fights in uh the grappling circuit which to me is important i just think that's so that's why i kind of hope that this you know, I finally agree. Look, we need a flu vaccine. We always need, you know, we've had need. There's been a flu vaccine for years now. Make one for COVID finally, because this COVID has actually been around for a long time. Okay, uh, SARS was COVID too. You know, it's it hasn't. It's not everyone. That's like it's brand new. It's not, and it's just like flu. It's it's nothing like the flu in terms of its effects. But like the flu, it keeps changing every year. Okay, and because it's nothing like the flu, we definitely need to get on top of it the same way that we got on top of that because these fighters need those competitions back. They need the they need the jiu-jitsu competitions, the jiu-jitsu only. I don't care if it's gi or no gi, need those back. You know, if a fighter wants to train in boxing for a year or whatever, need that. You know, to me, you can't just be in the gym. You got to go outside the gym and you got to, you know, iron sharpens iron. You got to get out there and you got to compete against different people. And to me, especially strikers, the best way for them to learn grappling is to be, I get out of that gym and get in competitions to test the grappling skills. You know, that's what I love about the SUG series. Seeing Jessica I on there, the entire planet knew that she wasn't going to win that match, but I just loved that she just did it anyway. You know, um, a lot of these fighters, I just, I love that they just did it, did it anyway. Get that education. Because you don't really lose, you learn. You know, and especially when you know going in, like, okay, I'm going up against this, you know, this uh, just elite fighter, whatever it is, whether it's boxing, grappling, Muay Thai, whatever it is. I think it's so much better. Because you know you're going in to learn. You know it's a high chance that you're going to lose, but you do it anyway, which is great, which shows the bravery. And then, two, you, you learn. You know, I just think it's so important. I just, that's why I really hope that this gets beat, because this isn't enough. I think we're, 
we're going to see a deterioration of a lot of fighters because he needs fighters. These fighters need to be, get in there and test their skills against other fighters in a specific skill set. Black belt, and as far as I know, Tom Breeze is a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It could be wrong. Uh, fighting out of Birmingham, England. So uh, we'll see. Uh, he came in at the uh, middleweight limit, minus 260 favorite. He's going up against KB Bullar, currently undefeated. The Bengal, 28 years old, six foot four, 78 inch reach. So yeah, definitely gotta keep our eyes on this guy, whether he wins or loses. Cause you know, with that right there, we know what's gonna happen. Tom's gonna try and take this dude down. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> man he's gonna try and take him down however you know kb he does have two he has two uh fights that end by submission in the first round so yeah this is a huge this is a this is a test right here four finishes via strikes all in the first round yeah he was scheduled to face uh tom breeze in uh the th uh, on the third then Bruno Oliveira in September. He apparently will face Bruno in November on the Contender Series. So why do you have him on here and then he's facing on the Contender Series? That's, maybe they scheduled him and then he, I don't know. I just, I don't like this Contender. Just make a regular fight thing. You know what I mean? Like this not, yeah, you, you failed your test. It's not a test. It's not a test. It's just, it could be a bad matchup. I, I just don't, you know, it just bugs me. But anyway. Came in at the weight limit, should be uh, lights out affair, plus 215 underdog here. So, yeah, that's it to close out the prelims. Uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. UK. You guys going, you know, hopefully you won't need a lot of coffee this time around. All right, guys, so look, you know, this is an important time. Got to get out and vote. Instead of, look, this month, enough with complaining about things that are going on in social media. Put your energy into voting. If you can't vote, encourage others to do so. I know you're like, wait, 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 it's MMA. It's not supposed to be politics. Look, tell that to Dana White. Tell that to Kobe Covington. You know, tell that to Jorge Masvidal. Tell that to Kamaru Usman. They drag politics into this. Yes, Kamaru. Yeah, cause, yeah. Him too. Dragged us into politics. First of all, laws. Politics are about our laws. Our laws can change anything, including the fight game. You want the Ali Act? Hard to do if you don't have the right people in office. Because that is a state issue that's part of the issues with the Ali Act is that it is under the control of state is first talked to by to the federal government and then it's you know that's the criticism of the act um, they don't want government to be involved in sports at all well you got to make that decision you can't sit around and say yeah that right there and that's it and then oh I did my job get off your crate Get off your proverbial high horse and get in there and vote. Learn what these laws are. Learn how they affect us and the sport that we love so much. And get out and vote. Stop making excuses. Okay, uh, 
the Joe Biden issue. You're not voting for Joe Biden. You're voting for Kamala Harris. All right, that's what you're doing. You're voting for these other people to be in there. Trump's not going to be around forever. It's Pence the one that you want. You got to get out and vote. You know, you got to get out and vote. Stop worrying about who the leaders are and look at the leaders across the board. Look at the leaders in your own town. Who the hell do you know who your mayor is? Do you know who's on your city council? Do you know your governor? Do you know how long they'll be in office themselves? Get out and vote. Okay, because either you're part of the problem or part of the solution. It's time to pick one. Okay, folks, so starting out the main card we have man listen <laughs> oh now here's the problem okay so we got this is, this is a stacked lineup first hardcores but of course the problem is when you have a stacked lineup especially for us hardcores usually we end up with a bunch of boring fights right a bunch of decision victories a bunch of boring fights usually that card where everyone's all the casuals like this card going to suck <laughs> usually Usually that's the one that's, you know, the most explosive, right? So hopefully this one still doesn't disappoint, you know. Especially this one, because this is pretty much, you know, some, eh, like the Perez matchup, I'm not too iffy, you know, a little iffy on. Hoping that the heavyweight battle after this fight is good. And, of course, the co-main and main event, I hope, delivers. Uh, but, yeah, I hope this one, hope this whole card pretty much is solid, you know what I mean? One, it... It comes through because of salad. There we go. So, yeah, Zou, Yousef Zalao, someone oh, oh, I'm always looking forward to watching. 24 years old from Casablanca, Morocco. The Moroccan devil started doing kickboxing at the age of 10. Moved to America at the age of 15. Currently on a four-fight win streak. Two finishes via strikes, five by submission, three by decision. His last three fights have gone the distance in the UFC. So you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm hoping something. It doesn't have to be a finish. I just hope it's exciting. You know what I mean? Just hope it's exciting. Five foot ten, 75 inch reach came in at the featherweight limit of minus. Uh, came in at the featherweight limit. He is a minus 175 favorite. And he's going up against Ilya Taporia, 23 years old, five foot seven, 79, uh, 69, <laughs> 79, right? 69 inch reach, currently undefeated from uh, Brave Combat Federation. Uh, four first round submissions, uh, seven total in his last victory was his first KO, also in the first round. He is good at leading with strikes to set up the takedowns. And he came in at the featherweight limit. He's a plus 145 underdog. So, you know, this they may, we they're going to bang initially. The question is, will Taporia panic Russell? Because, look, I know a lot of people are like, oh, panic, will you? You don't even want to hop up and get tight, as the young pe- folks would say when I, I mention it. Panic wrestling, when it's a Carl Esparza doing it, re- doing it repeatedly, because they can't stand at all. It's tiresome to watch. You know, lay and Because usually panic wrestling and then there's lay and pray. Tiresome to watch, right? Y'all agree with that. However, however, 
you know, don't stand in there and get your head knocked off like Paulo Costa. Don't stand in there taking shot after shot after shot. It's clear you're out of your element. So, gee, go ahead. Please panic, Russell, so we won't keep watching this one-sided fight. Here, yeah, this dude, you know, Ilya may, you know, striking isn't horrible, but, and I like how he uses it to set up. I like his ankles and everything. But, uh, you know, look, if you got to panic, Russell, to get it down, do what you got to do, man. Don't stand there getting lit up like a Christmas tree. Uh, so, yeah, of course, leaning to the favorite in this matchup because I think that this guy is going to get lit up like Christmas tree. But, we, like I said, he will bang. He will bang. Okay, so hopefully the, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with a lot of these fights. You know, like um, the Cortez fight, you know, the grapplers, what what is this? What decision are you going to come to? Are they going to say, look, I'm not trying to take any chances on the ground and just bang? I just, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, I think uh, Taporio will be get lit up like Christmas tree. Next up, we have a heavyweight battle, which I think will be actually good. Tom Aspinall coming off that 45-second finish in July. He has four finishes in under a minute, people. Same team as Darren Till. Currently on a four-fight win streak, national junior wrestling champion, trained out of Team Fury also with Tyson Fury. Like, he didn't just go to the gym. He trained with Tyson Fury for his boxing. Six finishes via strike, six submissions, one. Uh, and he dropped, listen, he dropped 13 pounds between fights. Came in at... 252 pounds i like seeing that i swear i like seeing the heavyweights you know coming in at a good weight i hope Derek uh lewis because he talked about that he didn't want to come in walk into the octagon again at 265 so i hope he does lose um 20 pounds you know not just 10 pounds 20 pounds could you imagine him faster <laughs> doing flying knees already at 265 could you imagine him at a lighter weight Yes, that's what we need to see. So this way, because it could be a possible rematch between him and Francis. I doubt it because Francis, if he doesn't, because Francis is up for the title. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see because, um, you know, they both got a lot of fights under their belt. And uh, with these, a lot of these heavyweights coming in, uh, smaller, lighter, faster, better, I hope. We'll, we'll first, we'll, First and foremost, get a better division instead of this, you know, these guys needing oxygen before the third round. So, yeah, I love to say he is it. <laughs> so, I don't know what the actual numbers are today, but I saw that he was a minus 625 favorite in this matchup. A little ridiculous. You know, he is going up in there against a striker. But, hey, when you train with, you know, Tyson Fury, you're going to be a huge favorite, right? Alon Badu on a two-fight, one streak based off that disqualification against Todd Stout. He actually lost that fight. Technically, he's 3-2, and two, not 4-2, and two, or 4-1 and one in his last five. Fighting out of MMA Factory, you know, and he, you know, MMA Factory, that's Francis Nangano. So, yeah, <laughs> it should be lights out, baby. Somebody should get knocked clean out in this matchup. Six foot four, 
big, just like Francis, 79 in reach, 32 years old. The Black Samurai was born in France. All of his victories have been finishes via strikes, people. 100% finish rate coming through here. So we have to, uh, so we may get a heavyweight boxing match. Uh, hopefully it was good. <laughs> uh, but, you know, look, Aspinall isn't, you know, he's not slouch with his grappling. So he may go to the ground. He may actually take uh, Badu down. Alon's only uh, recorded loss was by KO. He also dropped weight between fights coming in at 254. So, yeah, I like to see this. I swear I like to see this. So we should be getting some good quality fights, except for the other heavyweight fight. Marcus, whose name should be the Joker Perez. It's, it just makes up. It's just makeup. You know, when he comes in there with his cosplay, but I love it. I love the Joker um, cosplay, and he does it because Maluco, Maluco, uh, you know, I got to get the Brazilian pronunciation of that. Uh, from what I understand, you know, that technically means crazy, which is why he does the Joker stick, a stick. Uh, software developer uh, and taught more and teaches Muay Thai. And uh, for I understand, even though he's a brown belt, well, he's listed as a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. In spite of that, he, he teaches, teaches Jiu-Jitsu, probably, I guess, to young students, amassing six submission victories with that Jiu-Jitsu training. But he's had a, a tough run, a tough time in the UFC. He's two and three in his last five, two or three in the UFC, coming off of a loss to Wellington Terman last year, three finishes by strikes. Through victories by decision, he has equal losses in terms of his decision losses. And he is former LFA Thunder Fight Middleweight Champion, six and one, six six foot one, sixty-three point five inch reach, thirty years old, according to Tapology, and came in at the weight limit. He has a plus one forty underdog. Again, more fighters for Hazmat to test himself against. Um, he has to start amassing some of those wins. You know, don't just reach for the stars right off the bat. Because nothing worse, again, I, I, I truly do believe that there's nothing worse than getting that quick run to the championship. Losing to the champion, you get kicked further down the chain. You know, I just really think that that's this is great that you get the opportunity. You know, it's great that the fighter got that opportunity. But man, you lose, you get up there too fast, and you lose. Then you got the loss on your record, and then you got to start back over again. Like look at Francis Ngannou. You know, what I mean, then you got to start back over again and amass another. Now, and to his credit, it was another win streak that he collected, and he took out a lot of the competition. So the good thing about him is that he could sit on the throne if he can get the belt this time. He can sit on that throne and relax and truly relax because no one can say, what can you say? You know, you can say rematch, sure. But uh, other than that, you know, it's just, you can't say, oh, this guy's next. You got to push him in there. Like, like Aljamain Sterling, for instance. It's like, look, this dude is supposed to be fighting for a title right now, bro. You didn't, who did you beat in that division? That's the problem with Peter Jan, you know, uh, at least with, uh, 
Volkanovski, hey, he beat the best dude in there who beat everybody else in the division. So, you know, with the exception of one person, really. Uh, so, you know, well, well, who is fighting next week? So we'll, we'll see how that whole thing goes. But, yeah, um, you take your time, young man, and, and work your way up the chain. A lot of danger, especially if you're going especially he's going to go between two divisions. I think that's, man, that's a lot of fights to be had. A lot of fights to be had. And then to go hit the championship with, you know, numbers like 11 wins. You know, look at look at Stylebender. The amount of wins he racked up before he even got to the championship. Now look at him. 20. 20 and 0. Whew. Lord, Jean Lee, same thing, 21 and 1. That's that's what you want. You want to have numbers like that when you're a champion. But anyway, uh, we have Drykus Du Plazy, 26 years old, uh, 6 feet tall, 76-inch reach, fighting out of South America, currently on a two-fight one streak. He'll, he's, uh, you know, he'll be the other middleweight in this uh, matchup. 4-1 in his last five, making his UFC debut. Still knocks. Five finishes, has five finishes via strikes. Nine finishes by submission, which puts, puts him, here we have another, you know, in our main, we have another 100% finish rate, baby. 14-2, and two, his losses were by finish as well came in at the weight limit he is a minus 170 favorite for a good reason another possible lights out affair i expect both men to come out swinging that hopefully we get again i'm I'm just praying man just praying okay that we get some you know that this it holds up you know that it holds up you know and if it's by decision you know it's not a lot of finishes at least something epic that we can talk about, you know, way after the fact. Ah, yes. The heavyweight matchup I was referring to that I am not looking forward to at all. Man, I'm so tired of seeing Ben Rothwell. They got on me because I said something positive about Black Lives Matter. Man, you know what? I'm so tired. This use a this ooh. Oh. <laughs> Oh, my God. As someone mentioned, you know, just because someone says something or reps it one time doesn't mean they're truly behind the movement. Yeah, he's about as suspect as it gets, man, on the all around. Okay, I wouldn't trust that dude as far as I can throw him. Okay, and I can't even lift this dude up. You hear me? Um, I, he, you want to talk about someone, man, when a day comes, you know, sometimes, you know, a lot recently. Well, every time, you know, you hear about fighters being released, you know, it's always, for me anyway, it's always that one fighter where I'm like, ooh, really? Man, release that person? Okay. You know, can't can't argue against it, but it's just kind of still on a surprise for me. Him, man, I'm going to drink a toast when he gets cut, but probably not, you know, anytime soon. You know, he's coming off of that split decision victory over Ovin St. Prue back in May. He should have been disqualified against Stefan Struve. That you know, at the hoo hoo hoo, that right there, man. Him and Dan Mergliata. Oh, that's what, like like when people are saying like Dan Mergliata is is racist when he, about the MVP situation. I was like, he he probably is, but the, I think he's he's just a knucklehead. 
He's just a flat-out knucklehead. Uh, two knuckleheads in the octagon at the same time. My God. Well, we saw how that went, right? Two and three in his last five. Eight and six in the UFC. 50 matches for this individual. So I do have to give him, give him some props, right? This will be his 51st fight, if uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, 28 finishes via strike, six submissions, four victories by decision. He is the minus 155 favorite, four losses via strikes, two losses by submission, and lost six times by decision. <laughs> Another reason why he irks me, he comes in at the heavyweight limit. I know what you're thinking. Like, well, it is the heavyweight limit. For, you know, the limit, fighters can come in at the limit. Listen, when you're, heavy, when you're heavyweight, you don't understand 265. I'm 240. 265 would be absolutely painful. This dude isn't that much taller than I am. No. Just no. And he's a slob. Look at look what he had to do against Stephen Struve. Come on, man. He's a slob now. And no, that's not fat shaming. I mean, just, just everything about him. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not his size. It's everything about him. God, he, he irritates me. Like Derek Lewis, even though I think it would be better for him to come in slimmer, and that's his goal, as he said. He pretty, I don't know if he'll be able to achieve the goal because he's supposed to be supposedly fighting Curtis Blades uh, in either, probably in December. You know, so I don't know if that's enough time for him to really cut a substantial amount of weight, but at least he that's his thought process, you know. he But still, he's not, he moves around well coming in at the heavyweight limit. Six foot three, he moves well, you know. This dude doesn't. Rothwell doesn't. Uh, Marcin Tibora, 34 years old, six foot three, 78 inch reach, Three and two in his last five, six and five in the USC. So we'll see what they do with either one of these individuals. Six victories via strikes, seven by submission, six victories by decision, 19 and six overall. Former M1 heavyweight and M1 Grand Prix heavyweight champion 2013. A fellow Scorpio people. Uh, now, again, you know, the Brazilian black belts, I, I want to. What I've been trying to do is ask the fighters directly instead of using, um, unless I've seen them myself. You know, if I haven't seen them, then I'm trying to reach out to them directly uh, to see what's going on. You know, um, it's important because it, it, even with their belts, we've seen purple belts give black belts problems in MMA and even in grappling competition. So uh, it doesn't necessarily mean anything depending on the level, particularly in heavyweight. Usually that doesn't mean much of anything unless you're as high level as uh, Fabricio Verdum, you know what I mean? Or Alistair Overeem, who, you know, a lot of people didn't realize that he, this dude can, he had to learn how to get his grappling. Well, he's always done grappling, but he truly had to get it, go to extra step, the extra mile, because he had to face off against, you know, Verdum. You know, that was kind of his nemesis, as it were back in the day so uh, i'm trying to get the actual actual belt level you know it's still important to me anyway i love grappling so weight in uh at 263 not at the weight limit but still 263 plus 130 underdog in this matchup here which will probably be a god-awful fight i hope not but i said why you know it's like gotta uh I'm not going to get into it. But, man, if, if I was running stuff, man, I probably wouldn't can either one of them. 
But the early prelims, man, like I had to tell some of these cats to your, to their face, like, listen, you're heavyweight. I don't got time. No one has time to be bored to death. Your early prelims got to get you out of there. First fight on a night, I'll load up the whole entire early. Most people don't even watch the early prelims. I will load that whole entire. I had all the early prelims. Yes, I know. I know. Y'all hardcores. Y'all want to see a Giga Chikase as soon as possible. Like like when Roxy Montefiore was on the early prelims, I didn't mind it at all. I'm like, man, that's, I get to start my fight day with some Roxy Montefiore? You, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, well, she's one of those fighters. I don't care. It doesn't really matter where she's fighting. I enjoy watching her. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know. I wouldn't care, but yeah, I understand people like no, no, no. We want some, we want some excitement for our early, pre- especially the hardcores. No, no, no. We want excitement for our early prelims. Don't you jinx us like that. Listen, we got. Come on, where else we want to put them at though? They can't be messing up the main card. Mm, no, no, no. They got to be somewhere where I can get my coffee breaking. So if not early prelims, they definitely have to be on the regular prelims somewhere around it. Maybe the the you know the start of the prelims and then they're like on it the second fight end yeah okay i i do that but no main event for no heavyweight unless they actually are ranked okay top rank i'm talking about top five okay even top even below that like no 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 depending on who it is no but yeah um yeah <laughs> next up oh ho, ho. one of my all-time favorites he moved down to featherweights, okay, in his last matchup in May, ranked number 14 now in that division, 17-time Muay Thai, I think it's 17, I, I, I lost count, I can't lie, <laughs> I was trying to keep count, but I believe he's a 17-time Muay, former Muay Thai champion, baby, Edson Barbosa. Oh, (laughs) yes, sir. I mean, oh, God, I hope this goes through. God, I hope this car, nothing happens. Got to get to see Tracy Cortez, Giga Chikatse, Impa. And in the main, co-main, we have Edson Barbosa. Now, unfortunately, though, one of my, my all-time favorites is on a three-fight skit. Uh, he's one and four in his last five, former king of combat and renaissance lightweight champion. Has been in the UFC since 2010. He's 14 and nine in the UFC. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, not, not great a record, but, you know, 14 fights in this one promotion. Junior, as he's called, came in at... 145.5 pounds. He is the minus 280 favorite. 5 foot 11, 75 inch reach. 34 years old. Okay, we got Maquan Americani. 5 foot 10, 72 inch reach. 31 years old. Coming off of his first, uh, that first round Anaconda choke. 3 and 2 in his last 5. 6 and 2 in the UFC. 1 finish via strike. Four victories by decision. All his other victories have come by submission. Said he had suffered through bullying um, over the years. Greco-Roman bronze and gold medalist in Finnish 
nationals gold as a youth a gold bronze and silver medalist finish uh, I can't I, I, I'm sorry I apologize for the bad pronunciation nationals wrestling uh, freestyle so it's medalist and <laughs> in freestyle wrestling along with the Greco Roman uh, he's a plus 225 underdog in this matchup but yeah that wrestling now Edson is a grappler he can grapple okay he is, he can grapple but um, yeah we'll see what the because you know do the chain he can do the chain wrestling and get I actually don't favor Edson in this matchup I know I know I, I don't favor him in this matchup though so going to take a quick break right here and get to this main event okay so our main event of the evening Corey Sanhagen going up against Marlon Moraes so with this fight we'll see if Dana White you know this dude you know he makes these comments oh this person is up next this person I don't believe it when he says uh, Francis Nagano earned the title shot and he's going to get his rematch against Stipe. I don't believe him. And in this situation here, you know, someone mentioned it online, you know, depending on who wins, because technically, you know, Marlon got his chance, you know, when he lost to Henry Cejudo. So we'll see what happens in this matchup. In other words, if Corey wins, will he all of a sudden, you know, get a title shot? over Al Jermaine Sterling. Well, we'll see what happens. You know, but I, I don't trust anything. I don't trust a word that comes out of Dana White's mouth. Oh, this year, no, because at first he didn't want to give it to him, to Al Jermaine. Then, you know, across, you know, thankfully, you know, you know, MMA Twitter can be a cesspool and we don't agree. And then this usually goes bad, you know. But at least this is the one time we're across the board for the most part. People, so many people were behind uh, AJ. You know, you definitely got to be behind him as far as title contention. You know, so we'll we'll see what happens. But this is important, particularly I believe, particularly if Corey wins. Uh, not just simply because he's the favorite, but you know what will happen later. You know, all of a sudden he ends up in the title contention. He is ranked fourth. In the batting weight division, brown belt and Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like I said, I'm going to try and work on getting the accurate belt levels for all these fighters. Uh, coming off that RNC loss to Aljamain Sterling at UFC 250. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it really, I really want to see what's going to happen with this matchup here. Uh, even if Moraes wins, because he's coming off a victory over the legendary Jose Aldo, so we'll, we'll see. That was at UFC 250. His only submission loss was on a seven-fight win streak prior. 4-1 in the UFC, 5-11. 70-inch reach from Elevation Fight Team. Four finishes via strikes. Three submissions, victories, five wins by decision. His only other loss by decision, by decision, uh, his only other loss was by decision. Came in at the bantamweight limit, and he is, as I said, a favorite at minus 145. Marlon Moraes, 32 years old, 5'6", 66.5-inch reach from uh, Nova Fribojo, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I I'll get it one of these days. I'll get it one of these. Because 
it's supposed to be, sound like all one word basically. So I, I'll get it one of these days. I'm still working on the um, still working on my Portuguese. You know, I could barely pronounce regular terms, but you know, with this damn speech impediment. But working on it. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get there. I uh, gotta practice. Can't just keep uh, studying Portuguese. I definitely gotta practice it. I don't have my um. You know, I have I've been uh, had someone who's teaching me, uh, which is way better than just studying. But uh, yeah, I haven't seen her in a while. Hope she's good. Fighting out of Tom's River, New Jersey. New Jersey seems to be a place for a lot of Brazilians because uh, Claudia Cadelia ended up doing her striking. I guess everything. In Jersey also, and uh, but I know it was a striking coaches out in Jersey or something like that. That's when uh, Andrade, who uh, apparently is fighting next week, uh, was like, "Yeah, I'm not fighting uh, another Brazilian." Because he's like, "Oh, it's Brazil versus Brazil." She's like, "I'm just fighting another American girl as a jab to Cadelia," which is true. Like she ain't been in Brazil in how long? But at the same time, Cadelia, Marias. I know, I know. A lot of these individuals have been in America for a long time. However, no excuse, Leon Edwards. No excuse, bro. Tis not, he has not a single excuse. Not a single excuse. Now, uh, Maria, speaking of belt, you know, black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, 10 finishes via strike, 6 by submission, 7 by decision, one draw coming off of that split decision victory over the legendary Jose Aldo, as I've mentioned. 4-1 in his last five, 8-2 in the UFC. Three of those victories were in the first round. He is the slight, slight underdog. Probably end up being even uh, on the, you know, probably an uh, hour before the fight start. We'll see what happens there. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of actually favor Moraes more so than Corey. I, you know, experience in a lot of these fights, what we've been seeing with a lot of fighters, a lot of the elite fighters in the UFC particularly, is them, or even at Bellator with Chris Cyborg, where they come off the loss, they're mad, they're pissed, but they learn from it. They learn completely from it because, you know, um, Reyes had that loss to Henry Cejudo where here he is getting knocked out. Here, you know, here he is, a striker getting knocked out by a wrestler, you know, even though, you know, Henry has an excellent striking coach, as we saw. So, you know, um, we'll, we'll see how this goes, you know, experience. Um, he already has the striking, could probably neutralize the grappling. We'll see how it goes. You know, Corey will probably come out with the win. But I actually favor Marlon in this matchup. So, yeah, that's it for the breakdown. Sorry about the background noise at times. Um, still a work, you know, this, this podcast is still a work in progress. You guys um, stay safe out there, stay positive, and stay vigilant. Take care.